Hey everybody, welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know. This is Jay, and today, well, this is a tough one today. Uh, I'm going to talk about a movie, first and foremost. Uh, I'm going to talk about a movie that I feel deserves to be talked about in Black Belt Theater, but when I mention the title and kind of the source of it and, and whatnot, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of scoffing and laughing, but <clears throat> if you if you can kind of hold your laughter or questions or comments to the end and, and kind of let me defend this film a bit, uh, I think you'll see why... It deserves to be talked about in Black Belt Theater. It deserves to be talked about on this show. And, you know, if you've never seen it or you saw it and kind of laughed it off, uh, maybe go back and take a second look at it. So this film came out in 2006. It is a DCOM movie, which stands for Disney Channel Original Movie. It is not High School Musical. Don't worry. But it came out in the same year as High School Musical. So, yeah, 2006. <clears throat> Disney Channel original movies were really starting to kick off. Um, for really, for as long as the Disney Channel's been around, uh, they've had Disney Channel original movies. I mean, High School Musical is probably one of their most famous, uh, you know, launching that franchise. Um, they tried to catch lightning in a bottle again with Camp Rock. Well, we're not here to talk about these films. So, 2006, like I said, Disney Channel is on fire. Uh, they're getting popular with their movies. They're getting very popular with their TV shows. And they decided, which I feel is kind of un-Disney-like, they decided to <clears throat> to do more of an action-type film um, to kind of discuss culture, Eastern culture, um, and to have their leading hero uh, be a woman and an Asian woman at that. So if you haven't guessed it by now, 2006, Wendy Wu, Homecoming Warrior, and I could hear the laughter already, like I said, give me a chance to defend this film. So Wendy Wu, Homecoming Warrior, uh, Wendy Wu, of course, is played by Brenda Song. Now, um, Brenda Song, uh, at that time, you know, she had been on Disney Channel for a while, and this is not her first uh, Disney Channel original movie. Um, a few years back, I think when she pretty much first got onto the Disney Channel, uh, she starred in a film, and I don't remember the name of it, but I think it was her, and I believe it was also Danielle Panabaker, who was another big Disney Channel original movie star. Uh, she would go on to star in Sky High, and, you know, eventually uh, on The Flash CW as... Um, excuse me, as Killer Frost. Uh, they start as two girls uh, that lived, I think, like in Southern California. Uh, more than anything, uh, they wanted to have a snow day. They found, like, a weather machine. And, yeah, Brenda Song was there. I mean, but Brenda Song is probably most famous for playing London Tipton uh, on The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody and The Sweet Life on Deck. And, really, that's kind of how she was seen. And in Wendy Wu... Um, her character is a bit London Tipton, uh, kind of mixed in with, if you ever watched, uh, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, um, the candy counter girl, Maddie, who was, um, played by Ashley Tisdale, you know, because Wendy Wu is not like, uh, she's not as dumb as London Tipton, let's just put it that way. Uh, but, you know, she's your typical sort of Southern California teenager, uh, you know, obsessed with becoming a homecoming queen. So right away, people are probably going to say to me, you know, why in Black Belt Theater are you talking about this film? Um, because there's a lot of martial arts in it. And 
you know, before you ask and, and, and before you kind of dismiss it, Brenda Song herself holds a black belt in Taekwondo. And, you know, looking, kind of looking up some background before talking about this film. Uh, so Brenda Song was born in Sacramento when she was about six years old. Uh, her parents decided to move down to Los Angeles because she wanted to be an actress. They wanted her to pursue her career. So you better head out to L.A. Uh, she has a younger brother. I believe he's like a year or two younger than her. And, you know, they get to L.A. Uh, you know, she wants to be an actress. But, you know, at the same time, she wants to be active and involved and do things. And she wanted to do ballet. Her brother wanted to do taekwondo. Her mother, being a very practical person, said, I'm not traveling to two places. We're only going to one place. Guess what? You're doing taekwondo. Uh you know, in an interview, she said she absolutely hated it. She she cried her first couple of classes, but she stuck with it. And she holds a black belt in Taekwondo. So Brenda Song knows her stuff. Uh, you know, like I said, she is a martial artist. Um, she also received training for this film. Uh, this film was shot on location, I believe, in New Zealand. And uh, not only that... Yeah, it was filmed in New Zealand. Just checking that out now. Not only that, to to do the action sequences to sort of choreograph it and this is one of the reasons why it was filmed in New Zealand um, they hired um, action unit director Koichi Sakamoto now if you've never heard that name you've probably heard you've probably heard the franchise that he's very 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 closely associated with because he did all the choreography for them the Mighty Morphe Power Rangers. Yeah, he is the fight uh, director, coordinator, you know, the guy that sets up all the fight scenes, does all the choreography for the Power Rangers. Uh, and when you watch this film, you really do kind of get that Power Rangers type feel. And I know that some people might say, like, okay, that's kid stuff, that's ridiculous. You know what? For a TV show, especially for, for a kid's TV show, the martial arts choreography really isn't that bad. Uh, you know, let's not forget that, you know, Power Rangers and, you know, Disney Channel original movies, they have TV budgets. You know, they can only do so much. And, and granted, Disney Channel does have, you know, they did put a, a decent amount of money behind this, but still, it's a TV budget. Um, you know, given that, and, you know, given the fact, like I said, that this is a kid's film, first and foremost, the action choreography really isn't that bad. And, like I said, you know, Brenda Song did about two weeks of of like stunt training uh, and everything to get ready for this role, uh, and again, in kind of looking up, uh, looking up some stuff to prepare to talk about this film. You know, she said she actually, you know, she looked forward to it. She endured it. She sort of as a challenge because at that time her mother was battling breast cancer, and she sort of had the attitude, you know, if my mom can do, you know, if my mom can be brave and, and fight, you know, I'm going to do the same thing. And when you watch this film. Yeah, there's there's stunt people in it. You know, you you could see clearly in some scenes. Uh, you know, especially when uh, Wendy Wu has her back to the camera. That most likely it is a stunt person. It is a you know a martial artist doing it. But for the most part, Brenda Song really is doing a lot of her own stunts in this. And you know, in close up fight scenes, because if you've ever watched the Power Rangers, you know there's there's a lot of those sort of um, it's sort of almost like a low camera perspective. And yeah, maybe they speed up the film a little bit for it. But you know what? That is Brenda Song doing it. She's really getting into it. Um, and like I said, she does have that martial arts background, and uh, she really does pull it off very, very well. Uh, another reason that I really, really enjoy this film uh, is that 
her sort of, I don't want to say sidekick, her partner in this film um, is a character named Shen. And, you know, when I start talking about the plot and everything, I'll get a little bit more into that. Shen is played by a young man named Shim Koyamada. Shin Koyamada, um, a few years before this, I think about back in 2004, was in The Last Samurai with um, Tom Cruise, of course. Uh, he's one of the younger samurais uh, that you see pretty much throughout most of the film uh, who actually really didn't have a problem with uh, Tom Cruise's character being there, you know, actually did kind of support him a bit. He's one of the younger guys there. Um, he himself also is an accomplished martial artist. He holds multiple black belts. And again, just like Brenda Song, he's doing most of his uh, fight scenes and most of his stunt work in here. The reason I think that this film really deserves to be talked about just as a whole is I think it's very easy to dismiss it as almost a Disney Channel film. It's a kid's film. It's it's hokey and very, very silly. And granted, look, this was 2006. My daughter was six years old. I was watching a lot of these. I was watching a lot of these shows. I was watching a lot of these movies. And not for nothing, a lot of them were actually pretty, pretty good. Uh, you know, because I, I think what it is is, you know, Disney Channel and kids' channels know that, look, kids first and foremost are watching these things but there's parents there too and they have to kind of keep the parents engaged as well to make sure that the kids are sitting in front of the tv that the kids are going to the disney store and buying the stuff and you know when the movies come out in the theater the parents are taking them because they they want the parents also to kind of be engaged a little bit and i think what separates wendy Wu from a few of the other films and disney channel uh disney channel original movies there's been i think currently to date, I think I believe there's been about 140 of them. <clears throat> um, what kind of separates it from a vast majority of them is it actually has a very, very good overall message. You know, and again, you know, when you look at it, you know, you would think, okay, it's good versus evil. It's okay. Wendy Wu is sort of like this shallow valley girl who who learns that there's things more important than her, and she rises to the challenge. And yeah, you know, you do see those in there, and not for nothing, those really are good messages. Here's the thing: when this film starts, you know, we see the character of Shen. Uh, he is a Buddhist monk, and he's training because we hear that there's this uh, evil warrior spiritual warrior uh who throughout time tries to come and conquer the world and uh sort of like a chosen one you know a dragon warrior uh you know every generation will sort of rise up to defeat him uh i mean we've seen this you know in things like buffy the vampire slayer and whatnot and uh you know of course wendy Wu, brenda song is that dragon warrior um so shen is tasked with going to america finding her telling her, her destiny getting her ready to sort of face off against this evil warlord um and really that that's what it is what we learned about Shen, though, is much like the Dragon Warrior who sort of reincarnated throughout time, Shen, you know, I don't know if there's like another name for his character or, or, or the role, um, Shen basically is re- reincarnated throughout time because it's his destiny to, uh, when the Dragon Warrior is, is fighting the Warlord, it's his destiny to sort of sacrifice himself uh, in order to save her so she can complete her mission. Uh, and he knows this, and he still he heads over to America uh, to find Wendy. And that's the thing, is, is we get this clash of cultures, you know, sort of like an East versus West thing. And on the surface, you can kind of say, okay, they're going to play it for jokes, and it's going to be very, very silly. It might even kind of shade into the racist area a bit. But believe it or not, Disney Channel actually really doesn't do that. Are there some corny jokes? Yes, absolutely. Is there sort of like the, that fish-out-of-water scenario with 
Shen, who's been pretty much in a, in a Buddhist temple his entire life, uh, coming to Southern California. You know, yeah, there is. And yeah, can it be a little silly? Sure. I mean, we got to get the kids laughing. Let's not forget. But here's the thing. When he gets there and when he finds the Wu family, um, you know, you have, and, you know, I don't know, I'm sure they do have names, but I'm just going to call them, you know, Mama Wu and Daddy Wu. Um, you know, we see that they're Chinese-American, and they're really sort of lost touch with their culture. Uh, you know, they have two children, Wendy and Peter. Uh, you know, Wendy, of course, is older. Peter's a few years younger. They are really out of touch with their culture. They are very Americanized. Um, what we see is that Wendy's mom, uh, she works for a museum, and she's curating a new exhibit of sort of like Chinese artifacts, uh, terracotta warriors and whatnot. And this is sort of how this... Um, evil warlord is sort of introduced because an artifact, a glowing green artifact is delivered. Uh, when it's open, the spirit inside begins to possess people to move around to try to find the dragon warrior to kill her before she could find him and, and destroy him. Um, and what we get is is you, you have this Chinese-American woman who's a curator at a museum in charge of a Chinese exhibit that she knows little to nothing about. And she's really, really struggling to learn more and more about a culture that, as she was growing up, she kind of pushed back against and shunned. Uh, Wendy's dad, you know, is sort of the same way. He he doesn't have that struggle with his job or anything. His struggle comes a little bit later. When Shen shows up, uh, he finds Wendy, and of course, just as you expect, he pretty much just tells her, like, her destiny and everything, and of course, he's dressed as a Buddhist monk, so, of course, Wendy dismisses him, this is ridiculous, this is silly, I have to prepare to be homecoming queen, whatever. Uh, Shen is very persistent, he ends up, he shows up at the Wu household, and he pretty much ingratiates himself within the family. Uh, He's a very personable young man, they really do like to have him there. Uh, The kids, though, really aren't thrilled Wendy thinks he's a weirdo. Peter thinks he's just like, you know, dude, you're totally out of touch. You know nothing. Um, but he really kind of makes himself at home. And the thing is, is one of the one of the scenes we get early on is he actually prepares dinner for them, and he prepares a lot of traditional Chinese um, dishes. And this is where the father, you know, Wendy's dad, sort of realizes that he's really lost touch with his culture, because he's eaten things that he hasn't eaten in many, many years that, you know, his mother, his grandmother had prepared for him, and it really kind of touches something with him where he was like, you know, why? You know, why did I push back against my own culture? You know, why, why did I do that? I have so many great memories, you know, and granted, you know, in the beginning, they're tied to food, but he's like, I had so many great memories. And, you know, Wendy's mom also kind of sees that too, that, you know, yeah, why, why did I as well push back against my culture and, and try to dismiss it to become more Westernized and more, and more, you know, quote unquote American, you know, I really didn't do myself any favors. There's nothing wrong with the blending of the two. Um, and I think they also see in their children, you know, in Wendy and Peter, that they've really lost touch with their culture, and there's really no reason for that. And, you know, they take the blame for that. They take the responsibility for that. Um, however, there is a person in the household who has not lost touch with her culture, and that is Grandma Wu. Uh, she knows all about the legend. She's pretty much suspected that Wendy is the dragon warrior because her grandmother, I believe. Her mother or her grandmother was sort of like the last dragon warrior, so she knew that Wendy was going to be the next one. Uh, so she knows who Shen is, and, you know, they have a little 
confrontation, so to speak. And, uh, you know, she agrees, you know, to help Shen sort of convince Wendy to become the Dragon Warrior. And that's the thing, is, is what we get here is, we get a really, really kind of fun movie, is we get some of those classic high school tropes, uh, you know partying, uh, you know, there is a shopping montage, of course, because, you know, Wendy has to make Shen look presentable, uh, he can't go around in Buddhist monk's robes, so of course there's the, uh, you know, even though they don't play the song, I call it the I'm Too Sexy montage, where we try on different outfits, and we make funny faces, and we laugh, ha 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 ha, we're having a good time, it's gotta be in there, it's a little silly, it's a little hokey, kids love it, um, but again, you know, what we get is, is Wendy is starting to actually accept her destiny, and she's accepting the fact that she is Chinese-American, you know, she's just not an American girl, she is, she's a girl in a very unique situation, she's a girl who, you know, her heritage is Chinese, she's being raised as American, um, and she realizes that, you know, she doesn't have to choose, she doesn't have to choose one culture over the other, you know, blending and mixing, and, and, kind of creating a harmony is really, really a good thing. And I think it's messages like that that are very, very subtle throughout this film, and maybe they kind of get lost on the kids, or maybe the kids, you know, because look, let, I don't think we give kids enough credit. Kids are pretty smart. Um, you know, they might pick up on it, you know, and if parents really pay attention, they really do see kind of that positive message in it of, you know, accepting other cultures, um, not trying to conform to what society thinks you should be, you know, being your own person, uh, choosing right from wrong, uh, sometimes doing something for the betterment of a vast majority of people than yourself is really a good choice to make. And, you know, again, parents and kids would watch these films together. You know, my wife and I would, would watch movies like this with our daughter, and we would enjoy them. But I never really realized that I probably had a really good opportunity to have like a discussion about some of the themes of the film. You know, we could talk about it and talk about how fun it was and oh hey, look at that, it's London Tipton doing karate. This is really funny or this is really a lot of fun. But you know, when we get some of the other scenes, like when Wendy's parents, you know, after kind of being around Shen for a while, sort of have a talk with each other and sort of saying, like, you know, how come when we were growing up, you know, why did we do this? Why did we just turn our backs on our heritage and on our culture? Why didn't we try to mix it with the culture here in the West? You know, there was really nothing wrong with it. We were just being stubborn. We were being pigheaded, whatever it was, you know, and now we're kind of, we kind of robbed our children of the chance of really learning about a culture that, you know, really could have helped enrich their lives. Um, And it's like a scene like that, you know, especially... In my family, you know, uh, I'm an American, uh, my wife is Asian, so of course my daughter is a mix, um, and I would like to think that as she was growing up, my wife and I tried to give her a good mix of both cultures. I mean, she's exposed to a lot here in the United States, but, um, she's often traveled back to my wife's country, the Philippines, uh, you know, she's been there four times, five times at least, um, you know, when she was growing up, my wife, uh, almost exclusively spoke to her in Tagalog. I, of course, spoke to her in English. So, you know, while she doesn't speak Tagalog, she understands it. You know, she could watch uh, TV shows and films in Tagalog and completely understand it when she's in the Philippines. People can talk to talk to her in their language. She'll fully understand what they're saying. Uh, Of course, she'll answer in English. But, you know, 
it's it's I, I'd like to think that we we kind of gave her a nice mix of cultures, and I think it really kind of helped shape her worldview and the type of person that she is. And you know, again, on the surface, you know, you could say this is London Tipton doing karate. <clears throat> And there's a silly hokey message in there of good versus evil, and, you know, it's Mighty Morphing Power Rangers choreography, which, again, is really not such a bad thing. Um, But there's really, really good messages in this film, and, you know, maybe at the end of the day, we could say that maybe this film doesn't deserve to be in Black Belt Theater, but it definitely deserves to be talked about on this show. And if you watch this film with your kids you know, maybe go back and watch it again and kind of look for some of those subtle messages that are in there. And I mean, I don't know, maybe your kids are older now. You can't really discuss that with them. But if you're a parent that has younger children, uh, this is a pretty good film to show them. Now, because of the martial arts action in it, uh, it did have to get a PG rating, which, you know, there were a couple of other Disney Channel films that had to get a PG rating. And again, it's really more for things like violence um but really overall like i said it has a very very positive message and you know i'm going to pitch the case again that it does deserve to be in black belt theater because you know shin Yamada and brenda song are martial artists they are doing a majority of their stunts and fight scenes and they really pull it off very very well um Again, it's easy to dismiss Brenda Song as, well, she's just doing London Tipton, but she's doing karate with it. When you really see this film, yeah, there's, there are some quote-unquote London Tipton moments, you know, where she's fretting about clothes and getting elected to the homecoming queen. But when she sort of, we get those training montages and we get the fight scenes, we really see that she has a, like a very fierce determination about her. Um, you know, and she's not a one-dimensional actress. Um you know, and I think, I guess, I guess being a Disney Channel star, kind of being known as London Tipton, maybe it hurt her career. I know she has a film now on um, Netflix. Uh, of course, I cannot remember the name of it offhand, but basically it's like uh, she's a woman who was in an accident, uh, has total amnesia, wakes up to find her husband who's going to take care of her. But, you know, there's sinister music playing. So we know that that's not her husband and something really happened to her husband. And she's in a lot of trouble. But like I said, Brenda Song holds a black belt in Taekwondo. So I think she'll be able to handle herself. Um, but again, this is a fun film. I mean, yeah, it is a Disney Channel original movie, so there's going to be some hokey stuff in it. But overall, I think it's a very entertaining film. It's not one of their best films, but I think it's one of their better films that they put out. Um, it's a lot better than some of the other stuff that I had to sit through with my daughter. Um, <laughs> it's very entertaining, and it's really something that, you know, given the chance, I would probably watch again. And like I said, if you if you saw it and really kind of dismissed it or, you know, your kids watched it and you were just kind of uh, paying attention to it in the background, maybe go back and take a look at it. I mean, you can find it on YouTube for free. You know, it won't cost you anything. Uh, But I definitely say give it a chance and really, you know what? I'm going to put it in Black Belt Theater. Yep. Wendy Wu, Homecoming Warrior, deserves to be in Black Belt Theater, deserves to be on this show. And I really hope that I've convinced you and 
you haven't turned off by now. Guys, thanks for listening. Do me a favor. Head on over to Instagram where Stuff You Don't Need to Know is. Uh, I post pictures about the stuff that I talk about. I will throw up the occasional poll there. Uh, also, you know, don't forget, uh, Stuff You Don't Need to Know is a member of the Brothers in Armchairs Network. Uh, we have a lot of great podcasts out there. Please check out Nerd and Me, Enter the Nerd Zone, Fat Guys in Little Coats, Defender of the Realm. This is Jay, and I will talk to you guys later.